0: Well, it, I think it's because it seems to be you're going to be reapproached by um, somebody different. Um, and you know what? If you don't have an agent, you, you need to get an agent. Hmm.
1: Well, I do have. It's um, hard to
0: hear with the music playing. Hello. Welcome to Portal Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tuesday Miles, and our other host. Angela Thomas will be joining us on the second hour um, of today, and I want to welcome you all back, and and thanks for joining us in. Today's guest that we have is Jack Rourke, and I'm going to call Jack a psychic medium, and I'm going to say, you know, that he's, um, he's, shortly he's going to be known all over the world, and welcome, Jack. Nice to see you.
1: Well, thank you. It's uh, very nice to be here, Tuesday. Thank you for having me.
0: You know, um, I met you uh, about a year ago um, during the the Queen Mary Ghost Fest. You were producing this. That's correct. Um, and, you know, to compare, because I did go to the Ghost Fest this year, and I went to the one last year, and I'm going to have to compare that, Jack, this year's wasn't nothing close to what it was last year. Last year was, to me, it was very successful. It was a nice Ghost Fest, and I don't know what happened this year, but it was there wasn't as much of a big crowd as there was last year.
1: Well... I had nothing to do with this year's event, I guess, is what you're into. Give me a backhanded compliment here. <laughs> I do. So, so thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, they, last year was a tremendous amount of work. And um, to be fair or diplomatic, um, you know, we, myself, uh, Pat Wheelock, and, and Erica Frost, we, we did work very hard. Uh, putting last year's event together, and I think that, you know, given our individual backgrounds, we each brought some unique and wonderful things to the event. And, you know, the event didn't go off without its own hitches, but it was the first year for that event, and the Queen Mary is a really unique place um, in their management style, as well as, you know, just the logistics of doing something on a ship. Mm-hmm. you know and having being our first time doing something that large you know it, it did present some challenges but overall we were really pleased with how it came off and and as I was beginning to say is because you know we each have our own individual unique backgrounds in this paranormal field you know we knew what we'd want to see in an event we knew who we'd want to bring and uh, and I think that you know I was able to bring some 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 things to the table that helped facilitate that that process. So you know, I, I thank you for for giving me that recognition. It was we did work very 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 hard, um, and uh, it's too bad because I had a lot of plans for this year's event and and it didn't work out. So, but we'll see. Well,
0: see well you know, it, it was, and you know, I know, and and as I you know uh, could see for myself last year that all three of you did work really hard. I mean, I could tell nonstop stop that you weren't standing in one spot for too long. You were constantly moving, making sure everything on the venue that was there was working as it should have been. And I didn't notice anything less. I don't know if it was, you know, if you would have noticed that something didn't go right, but I didn't notice anything for myself. And I did do a write-up on it afterwards. And I felt that I, you know, I, I, I complimented everybody who had their hands involved with it. And this year it kind of did what it was, you know, there was hardly anybody there. There was no vendors. There was any um, as far as I knew, that I mean, you really didn't know where anything was. That maybe mm-hmm. it was going on, so you know, maybe this is a clue for the Queen Mary that um, you know they should stick with something good that was going, um, and yeah. maybe they'll include you again last year or next well, year for this. Actually, yeah. Conference. Well, Pat and
1: Erica were involved with the event this year, but they weren't planners. You know, Erica, from what I understand, was just hired. You know, to you know to contribute as a speaker and um, and as you know her psychic and. Of course pat you know let you know the, the technical investigations but outside of that they had no planning or no real you know had nothing really to say about the event as far as I know um, and so yeah I mean it is what it is you know they I it was <laughs> <laughs> a lot I shouldn't say but you know it, putting together an event of that size does have its unique challenges and and for those listening, or and, and yourself included, who did come, you know, thank you so much for you know for your support and and thank you for for the kind write up and you know Erica, you know she worked so hard during that event. I mean she literally slept only a couple of hours a night. Um, Pat didn't sleep at all uh, through the event.
0: Yeah, I think I added in my article I wrote that um, he probably has a couple new.
1: Um, gray hairs oh yeah (laughs) and he he, he in fact didn't sleep for several days before the event he's an insomniac and he and he is a he's a in a good way he's a workaholic and he really does not sleep because he you know he has several jobs and he's got his hands so different many different things and you know i i didn't the only sleep i got was a couple of hours i didn't sleep we started on i didn't i said two hours sleep on the thursday before the night before the event started. Friday night, I, I slept from 7.30 to 8.15 in the morning and then went all day until Saturday evening. I was I was in the lobby um, coordinating the tours you know, and answering questions mm-hmm. between tours. And at around, I think it was 4.15, I was talking to someone and I blacked out.
0: <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I
1: blacked out. I was asleep and didn't even realize they Someone had to poke me in the shoulder. And so I went and I, I had some, I went and I laid down for about 20 minutes, and then I, I went to the office and photocopied um, the day's event schedules and was stapling for another hour. And then at some point, I did end up in bed, and Erica came and knocked on my door and she said, are you okay? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, the fire department is outside. A pipe had burst in the ceiling outside my door, and there was six inches of water on the floor. The fire department was there, and I was comp- sound asleep. It was the most <laughs> – that was, was I was never
0: – Oh, gosh, Jack, that's, you know, I mean well, – Yeah, know. it was really quite an
1: eventful weekend. We, The three of us pushed ourselves beyond our – I think what we knew we could,
0: were capable of doing without sleep. Well, you know, this is the thing. People don't really, you know, and I'm hoping that people did, you know, give you all the acknowledgement and compliments that you should have received from that. And I don't, you know, it's hard to say the fact is, is that this year to compare with what last year is that they're, you know, and I had, you know, in visiting some of the booths that were there at the Queen this year that many complimented and said, you know what, now we see the difference. Now we see the difference. So, you know, like I said, well, maybe next year they'll, they'll go back and maybe work with you all to do this again and and, and hold the Ghost Fest that. And for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about, the Ghost Fest is um, an event that the Queen Mary is you know is new to having um, yearly regarding bringing in all the paranormal um, enthusiasts. It's the um, tour I was only you have ghost tours there um, that are led from um, yourself. Erica did some Pat Wheelock and. On it, and and also too, to you know, let uh, the public come in and um, enjoy themselves by listening to lecturers. Um, and unfortunately, we lost Peter James this year, which my, our listeners know about. And um, so we'll look forward. Yeah, to Yeah, Peter now. was.
1: It was a wonderful to finally meet Peter. I, I of course had seen him on television years ago, and uh, you know we were all we. There was some discussion uh, in the year prior to when we first started planning uh, Ghost Fest as to whether or not you know. Peter would be a part of it because, of course, Peter was synonymous with the Queen Mary for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, of course, since he had retired, and we, you know, we decided that you know we couldn't really have the event without having him there. You know, it would, yeah. it would seem strange or even offensive in some way. So we were really pleased to to have him there, and uh, it was it was nice to, to finally meet him. I'd only known him, of course, by reputation, having seen him on TV. So. And I, and I feel especially fortunate now, you know, considering that you know we, we now lost him, to have had that opportunity to meet him in person and work mm-hmm. with him.
0: Absolutely on it. So Jack, let me ask some questions about you. Were you born and raised in California?
1: No, I wasn't. I'm I'm from the East Coast.
0: From the East Coast. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that on it. And you know, I mean, and reading over, let, let me give your website out, and that's you can um, look at Jack's uh, website where we're where we're speaking to him. It's on www.jackroark, and that's R O U R K E and dot com, and go ahead and take a look at that so you can you know actually read up with some information about Jack. Um, Jack, you know, I was reading over your site, and on your site you had quoted you have been noticing spirits since you were a young child, mm-hmm. um, around the age of five or so.
1: Yeah, um, I would say so. That I mean, I mean, I have a I have some very specific memories before that age, but it's hard to discern now as an adult whether or not you know that you know. God, that was so long ago, really what was going on. But, you know, I do have specific memories as, you know, five, six, seven years old of, of having some interesting things happen.
0: Do you feel today that as a child having gifts that it makes you different? Do you, still, do you feel that you're different than others?
1: Uh, no, actually I don't. I, <clears throat> okay, mm-hmm. I don't. Um, there's interesting things about being... Being sensitive, I think that I think that all children—I uh, don't think this opinion is, is really far out there. It's probably held by many. All children are are extrasensory perceptive. Um, I think they don't have the language skills in order to or the conditioning to understand that what they're perceiving is is fantastic or you know or outside of the ordinary.
0: Um,
1: At that, at very young ages, you know, as well, you know, a a child isn't fully developed and is not, is not, doesn't know itself as an individual, as an independent being. So I think at a very young age it's hard to discern, um, you know, say a spirit or something like that, because a child doesn't know the difference between us and them, or you and I. It's linked to its mother. Um, as we get older and we begin to individualize a little more, I think it's easier to objectify things and start to say, oh, that man who, you know, speaks to me or that, or that woman I saw walking and mom doesn't know who she was and, oh, that's that grandma or something like that. You know, I think um, then there's a window of opportunity to begin to explore the idea that a child, you know, is perceiving things extrasensorily but then, of course, by the time, you know, six, seven, and eight years rolls around, most children begin to become so individualized that they they become cocooned uh, in in the conditioning of of what it is to be a human being,
0: so oriented as, as to the physical world only. Still, you would think that they, would, they just think everybody else sees them, too.
1: No, what I'm saying is that that's a possibility. What I'm saying yeah. is, is that... The ability to perceive things extrasensorily, I think uh, we lose that as as a natural part of becoming a human being.
0: Okay. okay. Um,
1: I think this is, of course, complete theory and conjecture, and you know, bordering on personal opinion. Um, I think that what happens is is as we enter this life, you know, as before we enter this life, we have an obtuse awareness. Um, of all that is without a sense of an individual I. And the process of being individualized as first energy into soul and then into physical matter uh, I think it continues into the first several years of physical life until which point we become completely individualized and we then take on the role of almost reverse engineering and then reconnecting with who we are, and then, of course, we eventually we leave this and go back into what we were, only this time maybe a little far along in our journey.
0: So was there a certain point in your life where your gifts became extremely noticeable and stronger?
1: I Yes. Yes and no. I think there were moments along the way um, in my late teen years where I began to, I began to perceive, two things, two ways to answer this question. One is that perceptually I was never, um, I never lost my ability to to perceive and orient myself emotionally in response to the emotional life around me, Um, and I think that that is something that many psychiatrist or psychologists would look at people who call themselves psychic and um, and see that as a forerunner as someone who, that, let me try to back up, Though, that, that condition, being very hypersensitive to people's emotional dispositions, is actually a forerunner in, in many people to becoming psychic. I don't think that it's, in, it's innately psychic in itself, uh, and I happen to agree with psychologists and psychiatrists who say that this is a, it's a coping mechanism. It's a way for, for people to, to handle and manage stress or handle and manage or even in some instances manipulate or control their environment for the sense of their own safety. Um, so that in one way could be considered on a fringe psychic. It probably borders on empathetic skill more than psychic phenomena. But then as, as later on, um, as I matured more, I had clear, clean, objective um, psychic events in my life. Like, you know, you know, having people appear in front of me, um, having prophetic dreams, things like that.
0: Being able to validate it more?
1: Uh, completely. Okay. And, uh, and I'm one of those folks that believes that everything should be validated. Okay. Um,
0: so, are you a skeptic until you can validate that?
1: I don't. I think that in in every human being, we do ourselves a disservice if we're not skeptic. I think that we need a healthy dose of skepticism in order to keep ourselves keep our feet on the ground. Most importantly, with those who prove, pursue psychic endeavors or sensitive work, we need a healthy dose of skepticism. Because what happens is, you know, many teachers will teach, okay, in psychic development, that just because you see something and it can't be verified doesn't mean it, doesn't, it isn't real. So cling to that and just run with it. That might be good in the beginning because you want someone to feel the freedom to believe in themselves. But somewhere along the line, we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And we have to be willing to say, I can be wrong. We have to be willing to say, no, I, I require... Proof. I require more. Because as you require more from yourself and as you require more from your spirit helpers, you will get more. And, and it is important because, you know, we, like energy attracts like energy. And so if we want to be res- responsible and credible um, practitioners of psychic arts, then we need to hold ourselves to a standard and similarly we will attract to ourso- ourselves those energies which will vibrate in in harmony with our intent and who we are and strive to serve and work with us in an integrous way
0: no I, I couldn't have answered that any better on that Jack that and yeah. I agree with you in everything yeah. way every so, that you presented about that was you know um, I, I agree and the fact is, is that also too and, and and I just want to clarify this though so you are clairvoyant on, on your, with being a clairvoyant, is your sight an inner? Is it with your mind's eye that you see? Is it, um, you know, because, you know, clairvoyants come in different, you know, shapes and sizes on that, where they, right. you know, I know that I have outer sight, inner objective. sight. And yours is, is yours inner sight?
1: Where you see? I, predominantly, my, my clairvoyance is subjective.
0: Okay. Um,
1: however, I have had i've had many instances of having objective experiences and this actually confused me i thought how can this be possible you know
0: how can i see something
1: that isn't there physically
0: our eyes
1: are are manufactured or engineered to respond to photons if something isn't giving off light if it isn't reflecting light or emitting light how can my physical eyes it that was something that really really confused me and it caused me to doubt myself Mm -hmm. um and so i learned that there was our eyes are very interesting in that they see in many different ways for instance there is something called blindsidedness and there's a few different kinds of blindsidedness but blindsidedness in in short of it is some is when a person is is physically incapable of of seeing an, an object it, the light enters the eye it does nothing they're blind however they can see movement and that's interesting
0: that for, is interesting
1: you know and so I thought well that's really interesting and then of course you have a lot of you know well known experts and teachers and things who say well they taught themselves how to see spirit because they see spirits out of the corners of their eye. And I thought, you know, I don't know if I can say this on radio, but that is the greatest load of BS I have ever heard in my life. If something is there, it's there. You don't need to see it out of the corner of your eye. You right. know, people talk about, oh, they see angels or they see spirits out of the corners of their eye. Wonderful.
2: <laughs>
1: That's just so interesting, you know. But the truth of the matter is when I when I actually researched that and I researched it by going online by reading books and I actually corresponded with the gentleman who several years ago now I forget what his name was or the exact mm-hmm. department but he I was corresponding with Harvard University and there was a lab there that dealt with eye diseases and you know you know and and the eyes and so I they were I had this this person, I don't know if he was a research assistant or a doctor or who he was, could have been the janitor for all I know, but, right. you know, he was nice enough to correspond with me many, many times, and I would ask him questions, and he would, he would answer them back, and it was really, really great, and, and so what I learned was the cells on the outer edge of the eye do, in fact, respond to movement, and so I thought, okay, well, that's interesting, so it came time where, it, you know, I, I began to sort of train myself to be more sensitive to movement. And when I when I when I would then receive information, I would ask questions, and sure enough, I began to to validate these things and being able to see spirit by its movement or by its outline, and also seeing things completely objective as a solid physical form. It, it's interesting. I don't. Qu- I'm not going to pretend to fully understand how it works, but you know a long-winded answer to your question that's my favorite way to answer questions okay, long-winded.
0: Good. Good. That's is long-winded uh,
1: is, is that yeah I, I have had many many circumstances where I've seen things objectively but in heightened states of sensitivity uh, in, in normal readings these days I see things internally I do get information externally from time to time Okay. but during the period where I was re- seeing many and most things objectively I was following a very strict diet I was, I was under, I was keeping to a very rigid schedule uh, of meditation, and really kind of, I was like a calf in a, you know, like a, like a piece of veal, you know?
0: <laughs> you know, in a box with all these conditions on myself. Jack, is and, the same with your, when you're hearing spirits, so is that the voice of your own, or is it, do you hear their voices?
1: Uh, both, both. Both. You know, we all have our own individual little mind voice, of course, yeah. but uh, that gives us information, but... No, I have, I, I do get information via, I would get it directly uh, at times, but then I started, I started employing. I never was one to believe in, in spirit guides and things like that or spirit helpers. I just I just personally didn't believe in it, um, and I had um, someone explain to me uh, why once in a reading, and and I, I sort of, I bought into that explanation, but then eventually, as I started doing this work. Uh, publicly, or oh, and going out on different cases and things, I f- would often find myself a little overwhelmed. So even if I thought I was imagining it, I thought I need to have someone who's going to kind of work as a gatekeeper. And so once I employed that method of, of having a spirit guide or a gatekeeper, um, I then, it began to limit uh, the access to my mind, and I would mostly hear things, in, in my own familiar mind
0: voice. Now, you know, because you know, I'm okay, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, I mean, uh, I've kind of accepted the fact of some of the things I hear with my own voice, but I'm not real comfortable with hearing spirits' voice. I, I actually do work with the guide, and they go through them. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept it that way because I kind of felt like I was teetering on that, that schizophrenia where I was hearing voices. that really bothered me.
1: Well, that's a very real very real um, fear and probably a healthy fear to have, and I think that lends itself to having he- healthy skepticism. Um, I've had several conversations with my friend Barry, and you know Barry Taff um, yes. about this kind of thing. And what in a recent conversation we were we were talking about something. I was asking him about something called primary process, and primary process is the, in, in essence, it's like a firewall. And I hope I'm getting this right. Mm-hmm. No, I'll hear I'll hear it if I'm not.
0: Okay, um, but this is
1: my take on it and it, it it is a way that we that our individual consciousness is separated from the non-physical universe. And of course, I'm kind of you know, kind of metaphysicalizing, you know, this definition. Um, but we we read in some of the writings of C.W. Ledbetter and and some of these uh, folks that have come before us you know um... you know they talk about the layers of consciousness and the membranes and things that separate the, the, the different universes as they say, you know the levels of heaven or the levels of consciousness and what I... what I like to talk about is I think that one layer uh... for us, closest to us um... for maybe us mentally and emotionally is, is what's called primary process and I think that if that layer If that barrier, if that primary process is permeable or if it's permeated, uh, you do uh, begin to to get schizophrenic-type experiences, voices, uh, bad advice, antagonistic feelings, things like that. I had a a very very good friend of mine and his brother some time ago uh, was an undiagnosed schizophrenic and he had problems for many, many, many years in his relationships and finally you know, he and his wife had, had to a had to divorce because he just you know he wasn't capable of, of, of maintaining a healthy relationship of course there's more things to to, to it than that but right. uh... he ended up eventually being hospitalized and getting the well-needed help that he needed and become, became medicated and once he was lucid and he was medicated um, he, it was interesting that he, he was just a, there was a kindness in his eyes that wasn't there before and he was just, he's just a wonderful guy anyway and we were able to talk and then i said what was it like you know and you know coincidentally he didn't know that i even before i was kind of publicly doing what i do and he said it's very strange he said it's like walking through a bus station or a train station and you walk through the crowd and you can hear everyone talking and you may you might get you know, bits of a conversation here and there, he goes, but it's overwhelming. And occasionally someone will shout in your ear like something, do something horrible, or they tell you bad things about yourself or about your wife or what's going on. And I, and I thought that was really interesting because number one is how awful, but number two is that I had this conversation during a time when I was really pursuing my own development and I was really seeking answers to a lot of different things. And I identified 100% with what he was talking about, because I would, I would, when I would open myself up psychically, I would hear mumblings. It would be mumbles of conversation, things I had to sort of really lean lean into to try to understand. And then, of course, once I, I tuned out and, you know, out of my psychic awareness, you know, that would disappear. And I thought, how awful to have to live like that, you know? Um, and so it underscores the importance of maintaining a healthy, healthy mental and emotional life, and it underscores the importance of maintaining a healthy boundary um, between us and the next world.
0: I agree on that. You know, and, and and you're right there. And you know, and it's sad to say that we are. You know, we are like maybe we're the lucky ones on some aspect, Jack, that we recognize this as being. Psychic information, psychic gifts that follow with this, and though all others who are going through this who have still not clued into maybe that this is part of it and then still being diagnosed as schizophrenia. I mean, not to say that that is out there, and surely it is, and there's other signs of sch- schizophrenia besides the fact of just hearing the voices. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't doubt that there could be some out there that are being treated for schizophrenia who are just hearing the voices and might not be something of a disease, you know, that they have. Well,
1: that's a very interesting question. Of course, neither of us are really uniquely qualified to, to go into that too deeply, but
0: right.
1: I will say this, is that there is an inherent danger in pursuing psychic work. Um, I've experienced it personally. I've experienced, you know, uh, emotional, you know, it with other people and i've seen it in development circles and i've seen it with other practitioners and one of the w- i think there's two things one the two things i like to say about this the first thing is that
0: Can people the, let me stop here just for a quick seconds? because i have we have we're in a virtual auditorium too and there's tons of questions being thrown at us there okay you want so to this, some let's questions? look at them it um and Angela Thomas, who's our other co-host of the show, wants to ask: Ask Jack whether or not he has ever ed, um, encountered a spirit that has had a mental illness or appeared to be off in some way. Would the firewall he was speaking about come across spirits with schizophrenia? Ah.
1: Okay, let me clarify. Okay. The, the firewall okay. that I'm speaking about, the primary process, is a mental process. It's the process by which our mind keeps us self-contained as an individual. It's the process by which we are oriented mentally and emotionally in our physical bodies, in our physical worlds, conducting our physical lives in a healthy way. Um, so, when I say firewalls, because, I, you know, we are physical beings simultaneously leading non-physical lives, okay? okay? But yeah. our awareness is oriented here in the physical world as a psychic you you hopefully are being trained to shift your awareness from your physical body to your non-physical body that's all it is it's nothing else it's nothing more shifting your awareness from your physical senses to your non-physical senses okay okay so
0: what? I'm Angela saying you clarify that a mental process is self-contained. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay.
1: So what, what you're shifting is imagining your mind's eye. You're stepping over a line or, or stepping through a gate. You're in the physical world. Your awareness is in the physical world. And then you step through that gate, and your awareness is now in the non-physical world. The gate that separates the physical from the non-physical is your primary process.
0: As we understand that, right? as we understand it, as we understand it, right. Okay. And so,
1: what I'm saying is, is that a person who might have, a, have mental, uh, have, have maybe some emotional problems, or maybe mm-hmm. a schizophrenic or mental illness, they might have holes in that fence, gaps in that fence, where people who live on in the non-physical world can intercede into the physical world, into mm-hmm. their, uh, into their conscious awareness, in the, when their, their daily conscious awareness. They're not controlling the situation. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It does. Now, um, ask me your question again because I want to make sure I answer it.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me get back to her question again. Okay. Um, that was okay. That, no, you did answer that because she okay. clarified. She said thank you for that. She understood it. But, okay. But um, let's move on then because I, I have other questions and I want to get all this in. Okay. Um, let me go back to where I'm at. Okay. Uh, you know what? Qu- quickly on this, if if, if psychic gifts were not a part of your life today, what what else would you be doing in your career?
1: Well, you know that's interesting. Mm. Um, I'd be doing exactly what I would norm what I what I what I am doing. doing. Uh, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to do this thing, do this you know publicly or even professionally.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, I grew up and I wanted as a as a kid as a young kid I wanted to be a performing artist. I would have loved to have been probably have been you know, uh, a dancer, or, or some kind of um, gone into musical theater, or something. To be perfectly frank, uh, I also wanted to be a pilot when I was a kid, okay. and I, I wanted to go into the military and be a, and be a pilot. Um, but I'm too tall to be a pilot, and yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm also a little, too much of a creative thinker. But you know, I I didn't set out to be a psychic. In fact, I was. Pursuing a career as an actor, uh, and I have I have been on TV and I have done some some straight to video type films and I was a model for many years in in Europe um, when I was starting as a teenager um, I modeled through Europe and was in New York and all kinds of places um, and then I I came back to Los Angeles and and I started pursuing a career in film and television and it was during. Uh, pursuing a career in film and television as an actor, that I began to have um, psychic, intense psychic experiences, and because and it was interesting, it's because what would happen was, you know, anyone who's ever taken you know serious dramatic training, you, you know, you're essentially you're you're, you're untraining yourself, um, and you know, of course, in the Bible they tell you to be like a little be like a little child, and that's not the only place they tell you that in drama school too. They want to rekindle that innocence and that spontaneity of what it is to be a child, to be impulsive, to think, to go. You know, and as an adult, you know, we often limit ourselves. You know, what would the neighbors think and what would this da-da-da, you know, true. we do that. So in drama school, you know, they teach you to be spontaneous and connected and grounded. And, and so in, in that process of, of, you know, really monitoring what's called your inner dialogue, you know, and in drama school, an inner dialogue is basically the thoughts and feelings and emotions of your character you're, you're, you're taking on. And so you anchor yourself in the scene by, by imagining and creating the circumstances that the writer has created for yourself. And then you, you live as if you would by imagining your, you know, this, this person, or how would you feel in, the, in this situation? And the person before you, are they a loved one, are they this or that, how do you feel about them? And all those subtle nuances color the moments and create, you know, create art. And so as I was doing this, uh, you know, being mindful of my breath and staying present in the moment and following along and all these wonderful things, I began to receive psychic information from the people I was working with.
0: You're a deep guy, Jack. You know what? You really are. I mean, you really do. To me, you notice everything. You notice everything around you and you think about it and you, you know, you, you process it through on it and I want to go on further with this, because you were chosen to work with the Associated Press on doing predictions. Right. That, that's a lot of pressure Given predictions. Have any of them come true yet?
1: Uh, many of them came true.
0: Um,
1: not all, but I have them sealed in an envelope in my office here somewhere in the house, um, and I'm going to look at them at the end of the year. But on the top of my head, there's, there's two or three or four that have absolutely come true. Um, and the funny thing was, is we were, Eric and I were preparing for Ghost Fest last year, and AP was, they are covering the ship, and I went to them, you know, pushing Ghost Fest on them, do a story about GhostFest, you know, and then, you know, we, we were planning on, you know, kind of building a, a, para, a functioning paranormal research center on the ship, and hopefully we're going to have it done in a few months, and we, had a, we were developing a TV show together and things, and, and uh, I thought, well, this would be great publicity for the ship, you know, get the research center, and maybe they want to do a story, and he said, well, call me when you get, your, get the research center up and running it. so that'd be great. And so then, you know, like a month or so later, this same guy, this same producer, gets an assignment, uh, and he he calls me and says, "Hey, do you know any psychics who'd be willing to do predictions?" And I said, "Well, you know, I have a I have a friend who who does them." He go, and he said, "Well, you know, would you want to do it?" And I said, "Well, all right, sure." You know, and so my friend who deals with many many celebrities and things, he he. Sort of some fun kind of celebrity predictions and then you know I kind of did some you know, more news straight news predictions you know and uh, it's funny you know I didn't really feel the, the pressure at all um, you know because if I try to worry about whether or not it's going to be right or accurate or whatever you know the key to, to having to doing psychic work is is being is being emotionally clear and you allow, if I allowed myself to be get worried about how I was going to look or how it was going to be received, I never could have done it, you know.
0: What is your what is, Do you have a prediction for the war that's going on in our Middle East, Jack? Uh,
1: I of the predict. They did ask me that. They said, you know, when do you think we're going to be out? And if I'm not, I had to look at my notes, but I think it was something. They wanted to know if we'd be out by the end of the year, and I said no. I, I think I said it was going to be. We did the predictions in 2006, so I think it was. I think it was sometime at the end of 2008 or early 2009. I think mm-hmm. I said, but uh, but one thing regarding our troop movement, which actually did come true, they asked us about. They asked me said you know, what's and along the same lines of what you're asking. I said this coming year. I said it's going to look like a troop withdrawal, but it's what's actually going to be. There's going to be more of a rotation. It's going to be a rotation of troops, and so of course we know we now know, and I, that. You know of course bush last winter pushed for an additional 30,000 troops and then in august coming up to some of these you know under pressure he's like oh we're bringing 30,000 troops home you know so there you you go there's
0: the 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 rotation
1: and it was i mean i don't want to there were there were several other things that that came true that eddie and i both were hit on um but that was in relation to your question that's that was one
0: you know, I mean that's a good thing, Jack. I mean, you know, the fact is, and and, and also too, on the flip side of that, you know, when you're when you are given predictions, and the fact is, is that something horrific that happens that you give a prediction about. I mean, there's that you know flip side of the coin by saying, you know, this is something that I I wish it wasn't true. I don't want it to be true. But the fact of it is, I am getting these psychic predictions. I'm getting these impressions mm-hmm. of what I feel is is going to happen. Do you ever get predictions on yourself?
1: Um. No. Uh, yes <laughs> Well, in typical fashion, I can't you answer that question without, or, or, without or or a long-winded answer.
0: Trust that you know,
1: the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. go ahead.
0: I was just oh. asking. You know, or, or or the fact is, if you do, do you also trust that information? Go ahead. No. Yes, okay. and no.
1: Um, mm-hmm. We all have intuition. Yes. And you don't have to be psychic to have intuition. Um, and what we have is we have intuition about ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We can look at our circumstances, we can see how we feel, we can see, you know, I know this doesn't feel right to me, I don't think this is good. But, you know, we also know that, I mean, every one of us has been in situations where we say, oh, this doesn't feel good. Whether it's a relationship or a job or whatever, this doesn't feel good. But we stay in it anyway. You know, we go against our intuition, you know, Um, and that's just part of being human. You know, we do things that are familiar and that feel safe. And we do things because we might have motivations to change things or what have you. So that's just life. That's neither, that's not psychic or, you know, it's just, it is. Psychic information is impossible to get about oneself. It's impossible because we are not objective. The only way to receive true psychic information And be really clear is by being objective. And because we are emotionally involved with ourselves,
0: right, true,
1: we're we're unable to be objective.
0: Well, and then too, if it's information that you don't like, (laughs) you know, um, know, I I have to say I would try to avoid it.
1: Well, and but that too, the the very the very notion that you approve or disapprove of something. Is based on your preferences, on your emotional needs, and your opinions, and what feels good to you. So,
0: therein
1: lies a lack of objectivity.
0: Right. I agree with you on that. I agree on that. So, Jack, you mentioned that you have a couple projects in the works. Can you talk about any of those?
1: Um, Yes, well, you know... I, there's one thing I'm excited about which uh, myself, Lloyd Arbach and, and a few other folks are 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 on hold waiting to hear about um, a show for the Discovery Channel
0: okay
1: and it's being, it's being developed it, you know it's going to happen you know we're all just waiting to, to see you know how and to what extent we're going to be involved. Um, it's other than that, you know, it's very—it's premature to really discuss anything, but it's a wonderful opportunity. Whether I'm involved with it or not, I hope it's very successful, and I hope that the network and the production company are just are overly pleased with the way it turns out. Um, I am excited about it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It's going to be traveling and, and doing some really cool things. So I I think I hope that it goes through, and it'd be fun to do it with Lloyd. He's he's, he's really a great guy, a lot of fun, and uh, he's
0: all over the place. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's, you know, he's been doing this for a very long time. He's, you know, got, been appeared on more than hundred TV shows. He's, you know, got tons of books. And you know, Lloyd is, Lloyd really knows how to, how to get out there and, and make things happen. So, he's a good guy.
0: Um, I believe we're having an associate of his on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm not sure who I am. that might, be my host, uh, Angela. Who is that? Yeah, Pam Health. Heath or Health. Pam Heath, I think she's an associate of his
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's going to, yeah, Pam Heath that will be on the show in a couple of weeks. I spoke with him a couple of weeks ago, actually, on, on it. And he was out going and on his way doing something else and if he comes down here where I'm at, I um, he's going to stop by. I have a lot of activity in my own home. And
1: Actually, <laughs> he, uh, he called me about that. Oh, he did? He emailed me about that,
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah. you know, Um. You know, and the fact is is that maybe living here, you know, I mean, it's, it's like a doctor. The doctor doesn't treat themselves. They mm-hmm. have somebody else, and the same, you know, as what I keep putting my opinion out there, it's like, you know, it's very hard for me to be objective when I live here.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: whether or not this is a, you know, the ghost spirit activity or the fact that it's, it's psychic phenomenon, it's it's the difference between it. But I do have, um, and finding the right people, and that's what I've been looking for, the right people to come in and do some filming in this <clears throat> this bathroom I have. It's a very large bathroom, and there's a shower which mm-hmm. we don't use anymore because of it. Um, this portal that seems to open up is just absolutely amazing, and i did some filming the other night um with it but it's just it's unbelievable and what what you're able to catch on film with it is is i think to, it is unique itself because you can actually see on film one spirit one ghost after another after another coming through here constantly and the images and the mirages that they put um that they, they become first before they actually are able to ground themselves and then being able to see them clearly, but it's just, um, you know, it's not just the psychic eye that's being able to pick up um, this portal doing this. It's actually with the camera is catching everything also. So, um, and hopefully I'll be able to get, you know, if he, he said that he either himself or he'll pass it down to somebody down here that would be able to come in and, and um, give me their opinion on what they feel it is. But it's definitely bigger than I am, Is mm-hmm. you know, is what I say, and I and need to step back away from that. So we got on that, so we're nearing. We've, we've got a few more minutes left here. This was so fast, Jack, and I didn't get a chance to even ask you half the stuff I really wanted to. But well, I do want to ask quickly on this, with, with you being on the on Queen the Mary, do you feel that there are the spirits there that is it's more residual energy left there, or is it, you know, I, I just noticed there's a change of difference of the activity there. Is it the activity going lower, and people are not being able to see so much of it in the upper levels of the ship? Is it residual? I mean, it just doesn't seem... Maybe it's just... uh, This is just my own opinion, but I just wanted to get your opinion on
1: it. Well, for for the record, um, you know, as of today, I have no association with the Queen Mary any longer. No. Um, But uh, I will say this, is that I do know that they've changed a lot of their social programs on the ship. Okay,
0: yeah.
1: Um, And so they have a nightclub, um, you know, and actually, apparently during Ghost Fest, they had some kind of band festival you know, during Ghost Fest even. And so, you know, there's a tremendous amount of energy being expended and sounds and sound vibrations and things like that. So maybe it's disturbing some of the subtle energies um, of the ship uh, could be, you know, so that could be, you know, that could... uh,
0: That could be very well what is going on. Very well maybe
1: affecting some of the experiences people have on there because you know, by and large, you know, hauntings or paranormal experiences are highly subjective. You know, and, and, and really, unless something's really just incredible, you know, you need a certain stillness or quietness or, you know, or darkness or what have you in order to, to facilitate the experiences of, of feeling haunted or, or seeing things, you know, whatnot. And Erica was actually one of the wonderful things, there's many wonderful things that she did uh... on the queen mary's if anyone's ever taken her tours which i believe she still gives them uh... friday through sunday uh... people should check them out and uh... and if they say they, they uh... her just recommend this because she's a wonderful hostess and she's very talented and gifted psychic uh... she helps people kind of quiet themselves and and uh... and have experiences of their own on the ship it's very very cool what she does
0: well, she's, um, she's, she's very soft spoken um i know that what i spoke with her i felt her, her, around her energy she's very soft spoken um very calm um very nice nice lady very beautiful nice lady yeah, yes yes
1: uh, you
0: know I, um uh, she's, she's so she's got a um i would say she's got a huge ship to run and that's in itself for a, for only one from one lady <laughs> there's an awful lot of uh, ghost activity for one lady to um yeah the, yeah, the
1: ship is really a unique situation, and I think that I think a lot of the things that go on there can be can be logically explained. Um, for instance, you know some of the banging and some of the noises that are heard. I think that you know because the ship is made of steel, it's floating in water. It's not. I think it's possible it's not properly grounded. Um, there's a lot of rampant static charge or or electromagnetic energy that make maybe charge a bulkhead and then be released and it creates a sound wave and that kind of thing. But, you know, in the center of the ship, in the pool, Erica, myself, and Pat and another team one day were tracking the pool, each with, with compasses on, you know, creating a static line and walking through. And we're all parallel with one another, or rather, excuse me, in line with one another. And as we walked only 20, 30 feet apart from one another, each of us had a completely different compass reading. You know, there's, a, oh, wow. there's bizarre readings in that ship, and there's, there's strange flows of electromagnetic energy, which I think, you know, that, you know, studies have shown that, you know, the effects of EMF can, can cause people to have auditory hallucinations, or, you know, sensory hallucinations and things, and, and make them feel being watched, or all the things that are typical haunting emotions and haunting experiences. Mm-hmm. So that's actually, those things could arguably be explained that way. But there are things that have happened on this ship that, that, can, that cannot be explained that way and we don't know why these things happen or what their relation is to the energies that we do know of like EMF and you know, GRF type readings. We, we don't know what these, or GMF I should say um, what these energies are that are ghosts or what have you or how they relate to the energy we do know of but I'll say this I was on the one of Erica's tours last spring, and she was giving her talk to, her, to the people, and I was standing there. Of course, I've heard this many, many times, and I was just enjoying the company of being there with her. And I was kind sort of, just sort of, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something move, and I turned my head, and I see a man in coveralls uh, walking along a gangway or gangplank or whatever it is, in amongst the machinery, in the engine room and I thought how the hell did that guy get back there he's not supposed to be back there
2: (laughs) you know he was only
1: maybe six or seven feet away from me but he was outside the railing where you're anyone's supposed to be walking and so I turn and see him he walks he steps behind a big hunk of machinery and and I was going to say something to him when he stepped out the other side he didn't and then the security guard walks up right uh, on the same path and he looks at me And he said, where'd the guy go? And I said, what? He goes, the guy, the guy that was, I was following him. What's he, where'd he go? And I just smiled at him. I said, it
0: was a ghost. Oh, my God. (laughs) We both saw
1: it. We both saw him. And, you know, so that, how do you explain that? I don't know. You know, the odds of two people having the same hallucination are just, you know,
0: it's not, it's just imagination, huh? That's one of my favorite things, uh, you know, about this stuff is just, you know, mind-blowing away things that you just can't, you just it, never in your life would you think that you experienced on it. Okay, we've got uh, about three minutes left. So are you still working at the Learning Light in Anaheim, California? Uh, I
1: don't work at the Learning Light, but I, I do take appointments there from time to time.
0: Okay, so you're still doing readings there? I do. Right now I'm
1: not doing readings there. I, I was doing them all summer. Uh, if I actually just got a... A request for a reading this morning, uh, but I, I'm i not doing them right now. I also schedule appointments up in in Pasadena as well.
0: Okay, so you can go to
1: my website and see that there. I schedule readings in Pasadena as well.
0: Okay, so if they, if, if you know, for those of our listeners who want to connect with you to do a reading, mm-hmm. then they go to your website and that's the way they'll be able to contact you.
1: Yeah, that's probably the easiest way, or they can. I, there's also two. Two phone numbers on there for the two places that I that I do read for or do read at. Okay. Um, there's that too. So. Yeah.
0: And that's at again at yeah, www. Uh, and that's in that they, they can find all that information too on our website, yeah, it, it, as you said. No, it's not. You know, you don't have to do a webpage. Well, we do do a webpage. <laughs> we do that in, for all of our guests, and you know, and and that's a good way. And we get a lot of requests after the show and sometimes they're you know they know where to find us but they you know they don't remember always where to find you at so they can always go back to the portal site and get that information there for you on that and you know jack we've got a minute left and this has been really great talking no, I you i thought you had me for two hours so there you go you know i mean we would love to have you for two hours it seems like it's been that long you know i mean on it it's just you know um you know we had a couple questions we didn't get to, get to but i promise you guys we'll see if we can get jack on again um... soon and stuff and i have to say one quick thing on this um, I, I did speak with um, Dr. Barry Taff. He's been one of our guests also on the show. And he called you a breath of fresh air. Oh. He, he really spoke highly of you. He didn't, there wasn't, you know, everything he spoke about you, Jack. He likes you immensely. He really thinks you're a very talented and gifted man. He also wants me to say happy birthday. Oh.
1: Uh, you know, actually, incidentally, today is his birthday.
0: Today is his birthday.
1: So I, I spoke to Barry last night, and, again, happy birthday to Barry. <laughs> we're going to have lunch this week or something, but that's very nice. Yeah, my birthday's in a couple of days, and Eric is, is also this week, too. So happy birthday And we
0: birthday have our to um, host, too, our host, Angela Thomas, who's birthday was yesterday, and we have Linda Matton, uh, Montaldo, whose birthday's coming up soon, if not today or tomorrow, um, who's the station manager's wife, and it's her birthday today. So lots of people in, in, in October. These so
1: so are good people.
0: These are good people. These are her birthday was yesterday. Well, thank you, Eula. Her birthday was yesterday, so it is good, people. So, it, on that note, we'll let you go, and um, thank you so much for joining us on it. And um, hopefully, we'll have you back soon.
1: Sure. If you have any any questions, I'm. If there's anything else you want to ask me, I'm. I'm. You know, we can go.
0: Wonderful. Well, so- we're good there. We've got Angela Thomas. We're coming on. We've got another schedule for that. Fantastic. But if you promise, you know, um, and I'm going to hold you to it, Jack. That we can. Um, that you can come back and 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 do more with us there because we've got you know, said a lot of people asking questions and stuff, and um, you know you're a great guy.
1: Great. Well, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye bye now. Okay, we'll go to break, and we'll come back. We'll have Angela Thomas and myself on. About to have Angela Thomas and myself on. Tuesday night. hi welcome back and i'm tuesday miles
2: and i'm angela
0: thomas welcome angela thomas well thank you very much tuesday how are you doing i'm fine thank you we kind of switched it around today we're usually you're on in the very beginning and and we go through our whole show process and everything first and then we have our guests and we had to kind of Switched it around, and our, our shows have been a little chaotic lately. Well, I tell you what, I really enjoyed listening to your interview with Jack Rourke. You know, I, I did, too. Um, I had asked him a couple times, and finally I guess on the, on the third time was The Charm, and got him to come on for an interview, and, um, you know, Jack really intrigued me when I met him last year. Um, he's a very conservative man. You would never know it, but, you know, I mean, he's a very handsome man, and I didn't want to bring that up to him Well, on the show. He is that, he
2: is that.
0: <laughs> very handsome.
2: But, and, you know, maybe it
0: takes uh, some good looks to do paranormal investigations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, I, I'm not going to, he's not a pretty man, he's a very handsome man. And so I, I wish him luck in his journey on doing his acting. Um, I would watch him on television myself because the fact is is that, you know, we always like to have handsome men on TV and, Kind of makes our day get you know worthwhile on it, and
2: so. Well, um, we're just going to have to read for Jack about this uh, discovery opportunity.
0: Yes, we will. That would be it.
2: very nice. We ought to do that for him.
0: <laughs> yes, we will have to do that. Can you remind our listeners where they can um, uh, catch our show at and our website? Well, absolutely. Well, if you are
2: listening to Portal Paranormal Talk Radio. Also know that you can hear us on AOL Radio, MSN Radio, Tricom, Aussie Chat, Live 365, BBC Radio, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. If you are listening, you also may wish to join our website at portaltalkradio.com. We have a lot of information about today's guest and a lot of ghost pictures and things of that nature. If you have any questions or have any comments for uh, the guest or ourselves, just call toll-free in the United States,
0: 877-786-0562. Thank you very much. And so I'm have to. i going to say this, and, 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 and I apologize in advance. Happy birthday. Oh, well, thank you. Thank and, you. And it, yesterday was your birthday. Well, actually, I would say it's a birthday week we get, you know. You should always have a birthday week. But yesterday was your birthday. We have quite a few other birthdays too. We have Linda, who is our station manager's wife. Her birthday is
2: today. I know.
0: Happy birthday, Linda! Happy
2: birthday, Linda! <laughs> well done! Yay! We made it another year. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of fine October babies out there. There sure seems
0: to be on this. does that make you a Capricorn?
2: What are you? No, I'm a
0: Libra. I'm a Libra. Excuse me, a A Libra. A (laughs) Libra. Tell us, what is is a Libra about?
2: Well, you know, generally they say that a Libra is about peace and harmony and justice, um, ones that are very sensitive to their environment, especially lighting. And I have to tell you, in that case, that is exactly me. I'm very touchy about lighting. I want beautiful surroundings, and I definitely want that peace of mind.
0: You definitely like that peace of mind on it. And so, do you find that at Libras, this might help you with your own gifts, this Libra is, I'm not sure about, I don't know a lot about Libras. Is Libras, would they be known to be very sensitive? Uh,
2: Yes, they are very sensitive, especially, uh, you know, in the ways of psychic uh, sensitivity, so intuition sensitivity. And so, you know, Libra does have the, ability to see both sides of the fence and also, you know, both sides being this side and the spiritual side. So a lot of Libras that I know, peers, you know, that you and I both know, Mm -hmm. uh, that are Libras and of course, you know, their moon sign and their ascendant sign would certainly, uh, you know, enhance their um, heightened awareness of sensitivity. It just depends on what their ascendant or their moon sign is. But certainly, uh, Libras are very, very uh, good, especially good debaters, um, those that, you know, you can have a chaotic situation and you can throw a Libra. Send in a Libra. <laughs> send in a Libra,
0: okay? If <laughs> you have now, chaos, send in a Libra. <laughs> because were a Libra born, will
2: certainly calm things down.
0: I'm sorry, okay, let me, uh, on it. But you were born in, it says here, in Warner's Ro- Robbins, Georgia. Warner Robbins, Georgia. Absolutely. In, You know, I mean, I have to say, you do have an accent. I mean, even though I'm in California and you're, you know, I'm going to say that you're the Georgia girl, you do have an accent. You do have a southern accent. Well,
2: I do have a southern accent, uh, Tuesday, but it's not really a Georgia accent. Um, I was there for the first uh, six years of my life. Okay. And then I moved to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and then for years I was between the Gulf Coast and New Orleans, Louisiana. They're only one hour apart And I've lived all over the country, but mainly in the South.
0: And And so you're hearing
2: a blend of all
0: places. A blend of all (laughs) places, okay. And you were a survivor of Hurricane
2: Katrina. Yes,
0: yes, certainly.
2: Uh, And what a storm. I tell you, those uh, people down there are still having a tough time, especially along the Mississippi Gulf Coast and, of course, in New Orleans as well. Uh, But, you know, just keep uh, those people... In your thoughts, in your prayers, and any types of donations that you may uh, feel that you would like to contribute, uh, certainly uh, there is a need down there. But, you know, I relocated to the St. Louis, Missouri area, so I'm very happy that I did. And I've been up here about two years. Mm-hmm. Now, most people don't know about this about you. You've written two books. I have, you know, Tuesday, but I have yet to seek publication. Uh, And I think that is probably the perfectionist side of me, which is another Libra trait, by the way. Uh, I keep on wanting to add and to revise, even though I say it's finished, it's done. But uh, I have. I've written one on three-dimensional tarot, which is a method that I created. And it's an intuitive tarot method, by the way and then i've also written developing your psychic abilities a fast track guide to enhancing your gifts and so even though i have to tell you that anyone out there that is pursuing their psychic abilities and their psychic training you know i my course and my book absolutely helps to get them jump started very quickly but i'm always you know uh recommending that that those in the psychic world continue their education and you know find yourself a mentor and someone strong and stick with it because you know we all learn something new every day and it's very important to learn the proper methods for discipline and and self-control
0: i agree with you on this you also are a, col- a columnist
2: i am and i am i have uh,
0: insights for your life. They
2: ask angela insights for your life column and i've been publishing that since 2004 and I, uh, before katrina i had uh, my column in newspapers but afterwards i've just been publishing exclusively online and that's another thing that i really need to focus on is getting uh, back into the whole newspaper thing because it is my ambition to uh, syndicate that
0: column and, and, and i have to say angela people you know it's in, where they used to have, oh, gosh, no, i was trying to remember what that woman's name was that she used to write a column. It was Jean Dixon where yes, she did uh-huh. the astrology, she did the horoscopes, you know. But I truly believe also, too, that there's, there's a need for that. I mean, and, and I would not be surprised, and I'm going to use this as a prediction that you will one day have that Ask Angela, um, you know, column in, in, in a regular press. Good, good. Well, you know, I want it to be syndicated like Dear Abby. It Should be. It should be.
2: I, I think I would write to you for, for advice. Well, you know, this. a lot. I get a lot of emails uh, with a lot of questions, and of course, you know, I select a few for the publication itself every month. And uh, you would be surprised how many people do need an intuitive to answer the question. So mm-hmm. I'm
0: not for a lack of questions. That's for sure. Well. Um, during this last week Angela pulled out her, her tarot cards for me which her and I, have. she's never done this she's never read for me before and I w- I'm going to have to say Angela that um, you just about blew my socks off because <laughs> um, there was some information that you brought forward for me that nobody would have known about um, and one particular um, uh, some, some particular information that Angela brought forward was she mentioned off, and I, I just thought this was completely off the wall. She mentioned Disneyland. Now, mind you, that I have a child that just absolutely adores Disneyland, absolutely adores Disneyland. But the fact is that I wasn't sure whether or not it was for for both for both of my kids. I wasn't sure if the if the information that she was given to me that you were given to me was about my daughter. Mm. My daughter has an opportunity to do some work with Disney, or if it was about my son. And because he has this dream about being in one of their parades. Oh, wonderful. And so wonderful. I wasn't sure about where that was going to go with this. And I have to say that it was for my son and the parade. And um, I knew this was going to be a hard <laughs> a, a hard thing to accomplish, just to really get Disney to cooperate about getting uh, fulfilling the wish of a kid and allow him on his, one of their floats during the parades. But... Um, the message that you had given me, the fact is it's not been easy for me to do this, but I got a call from Disney. Really? And I thought, oh, well, go figure, because I should have said to them right off the, right off the bat on the conversation, well, my psychic told me that I was going to Yeah, them. I knew you would Disney. be calling. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, that's funny. So I'm going to have to say
2: that came true. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I remember uh, reading for you, and, of course, I, you know, Tuesday I have to say that When I deliver messages, the memory of it goes very, very quickly. So it's not until like you are doing now, uh, kind of bringing me back to recall. But I do remember, I don't know why I started to read for you. I just felt like I had to. And, you know, last week I was very sick. <laughs> yes, you were. So, you know, my voice sounds a little strange today still, but. Oh, no, it doesn't sound uh, perfect. You know, regardless, I don't know. I just had to read for you. And I just said, I've got to pass along these messages. Well, you know, this is the thing,
0: and and you know, if if any of you please take the opportunity, the time, really, to get a reading from Angela. Uh, you know, you can go to her website, October Thirteenth Baby, and and contact her that way, or you can use the portal website also too, um, and contact her. But you know, your you are so detailed in your card readings, and um, you take this this time and um, and each in each message that you bring forward in this is is absolutely amazing. Um you know and i find that the fact is that you have you know that you these i don't feel that these these cards are tools of you anymore i really truly believe that you and these cards psychically connect with each other
2: we do we do i have to tell you you know i use them as a tool and you know i do the intuitive uh tarot readings, but i'm not relying on the cards you know so if anybody's ever had a tarot reading uh, you know, you know that many of Tarot readers out there will read card for card, and you know, like this card says, blah blah blah. But uh, I just use it as a tool, and as a psychic clairvoyant, you know, that tool it just enhances those details, and that I believe Tuesday is the difference. That's why I wrote the book about three-dimensional Tarot because I really want those psychics out there and those Tarot readers to learn a method in which that, you know, will become, um, you know, something great for them. Because, you know, people want to hear the details. They don't really want to hear generalities. They want specifics.
0: Right. And
2: that method allows psychics to give specifics.
0: And you were giving specifics, and you were spot on. Yeah, those yeah. Specifics. And it was, you know, and I have to say that I've had others read for me with their cards, and they weren't They weren't even close to what, you know, they weren't, I mean, maybe they had an off day, not to, you know, mock anybody else with them, but I have to say, Ellen, that you were uniquely different on this, and um, you, made me, you made a believer out of me with the card. Well, car, thank with you very car.
2: much. Thank I, you very much, and I know, and I'm not even going to go into a reading with you now, <laughs> but no, certainly, no, no. I definitely want to read um, for your daughter. Oh, thank you. Because She'd there is that. a lot of things to say before she gets started. Oh. <laughs> You a men, lot of
0: detail I need her to know before she makes any moves. Oh, good. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I would love to have somebody else parent her for a while. You know, I and mean, to me, that's, that's just how close of the information that you're getting here. Because you, you do say the fact is, is that you have a very close connection through prayer and meditation with God. Yes. And, um, and, you know, and this is what I like about also about with you because you are a very spiritual person. I
2: am that, yes. Uh, I absolutely love... Uh, God and and I love the scriptures, and you know I think Tuesday that it goes hand in hand with what we're doing. You know a lot mm-hmm. of people find you know or at least their belief system is that that is an opposition uh, of you know following scriptures or or God's word. But in my world, in my reality, and in my work, time after time I see His Spirit moving through me. And he just brings in incredible information. And before I do any type of reading, I always pray. And I always ask, if I am not meant to see this, if I am not supposed to know it or to deliver the message, then don't let me see it at all. And uh, there have been a few times, I have to to say, that I have gone to uh, do a session with someone and absolutely zero came, not the first sound, not the first sight, and if I looked at a card, I couldn't even tell you what a meaning would be. It all appears blank, like white sheets of paper. So that's the heavy influence. So I always say, okay, for those people, which has been a rarity, but it's still, you know, it's very important when you pray, you know, when you pray, be careful for what you pray for. And so, but I always love that, the fact that you know, I know that he's guiding everything. and so if there's not a message to deliver whatsoever, then either a we will reschedule at another time or B will just forget about it. So uh, but that doesn't happen too often, but when it does,
0: I still say thank you very much. Well, of course, on that and you know I mean it's you know and, and on your website and I'm trying because I know that you have reformatted your website and I'm trying to look for my special spots I like on here. <laughs> There's some scriptures that you had um, had written down on here that had to do with psychics and, and God. Yes. And that was in the Bible. Is that still on your site? Yes, it is. Uh,
2: I have actually two pages devoted just to biblical scripture. And certainly I want to add more and more to it. But, uh, you know, I think it's important for those to understand uh, that psychics are not some evil person going against the wishes that, uh, you know, just like in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and, well, it's verse 8 through 10, Mm -hmm. it really becomes very specific about those gifts that we all have. And that includes psychic abilities. You know, it doesn't say psychic ability. It talks about special gifts of knowledge that we have for faith or gifts and healing, or uh, miraculous powers, or prophecy. Uh, It even goes on to say about distinguishing between spirits. And there's, uh, you know, just a number of gifts that we are given. So that's why I put it on there. And especially those, you know, I know Tuesday when I first started out, it was something, you know, all of this psychic ability came flooding towards me as I got older. And I was torn between whether or not to pursue uh, my passion for it Uh, because I, uh, you know, I thought, ooh, this would be going against God. And so it took me quite a few years to uh, study through the scriptures and pray about it before I ever took the first step out.
0: Well, you know, on on, on that also, too, and what I noticed is that, you know, because why I bring this up is because the other day I was listening to another show, and um, won't mention the name of it, but... Someone had made a comment about that it was just evil, playing evil for psychics to um, have any information, and I, and, you know, and then stated that it was not written in the Bible that in fact. It was even and I thought, you know, no, I kind of know better than that. I've actually read where, and I had to say that um, if you look on your site, that you'll be able to find information there that has actually noted that there was acknowledgment of psychics in the Bible. and Absolutely. Just go to uh,
2: the site map and you'll see all of the pages and just go to biblical scriptures. Yes, there you go on that. And
0: actually you can get that again at www.october13baby.com. Yeah, O-C-T. And, and you're also, uh, you also do predictions too. I do.
2: I do predictions. And uh, part of my 2007 and 2008 predictions are on the site. Plus, I have the 2005-2006 predictions there as well, and, you know, I've tracked all of the predictions that I've done in the past and placed a link to the story or to the video or, you know, to like CNN or NBC or whomever covered the story. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I always document the time that I give that prediction so that one knows that, hey, I didn't rush on the website and just type in after the
0: fact. (laughs) Right, right. In, in fact, it's, it's, you're coming up to almost a year in your, um, there is, a, is it, I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, wrong. is it Caspian Seas? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. where you're coming up on October 30th where it says here, oil dilemmas within the regions find one withdrawing from the new agreement. Tensions rise in this area and the threat of the oil is cut off.
2: Right. Well, see, I posted that in October 30th of 2006, Mm -hmm. but the prediction is actually for the 2007-2008 time frame. Oh, okay. So that's why I wanted to give the date that it was posted, and then, you know, it just clearly says uh, 2007-2008 to time frame. And even though that's a wide gap, sometimes it's very difficult to pinpoint the exact day or the exact month. Now... The closest I have to say that I've gotten in predictions to giving the exact time frame is the last quarter of the year, where I named in my 2006 prediction uh, September, October, November, December. And uh, it was something absolutely incredible. In fact, as it was happening, I thought, wait a minute. You know, I think I have a prediction on that. (laughs) I saw the story on CNN, and I had to rush to my own website. (laughs)
0: <laughs> to read my own prediction, and right. there it there it was. It was. You know, so. I mean, and in itself, too, you know, to me and my also self, you know, whether or not, I, you know, I i don't know whether I do, I don't do predictions, but the fact is is that I'm shown sometimes some very tragic events that happen, and, and it's been, unfortunately, with airplane crashes. And mm. so, um, again, we. I had one that showed up, and um, actually they showed me the whole the entire picture of it. And I'm not very fond of that. I am not very fond of it all. And, you know, I have to say that why are we shown predictions? Why are we shown events ahead of time if there's not a whole lot we can do about it?
2: Well, you know, I believe that, you know, you and I can't do anything about it. But if we put the predictions out there and someone comes along and reads those predictions that are in the position or have the power to, um, you know, try to offset it or plan for it or divert it, then so be it. You know, we're, we, can't, we can only see it. We can only speak it. And then it's up to those individuals that are handling a specific uh, situation for them to alter it. Now, certainly in plane crashes, we can't do that. But, you know, we often uh, see things, and I know you do. You're a psychic as well. You mm-hmm. see things in advance such as your plane crashes. There's not anything you can do about it, but it's showing you ahead of time what you're going to be hearing and what you're going to be seeing. And certainly you can't go to an airline and say, Listen, you know, that, that uh, American Airlines <laughs> flight such and such right. is gonna go down so or you need to up the maintenance. But you can put whatever you get about that on your site or, you know, email or whatever way you work. And, and then that's it.
0: You've you've done your job. I know, but I took it so personally. It was, you know, and it just, it just, oh. You know, and it felt like I felt the deaths of each person that was 142 people on that plane. And I just felt like I had felt the death of each person that, you know, that died on that plane and, 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 and felt also, too, their family members who felt the pain of losing their loved one on that flight. Mm. And so, you know, it right. wasn't something that was just, um... Well, I predicted that, and just I moved on. It wasn't—I couldn't take it as that. It was—it took me uh, more than a couple weeks to finally, you know, process it and accept the fact is, is that okay? You know, I—I don't care whether or not they would have believed me or not. Maybe I should have called and said, look, you know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what—it's very clear—and and and be very adamant about it, saying, you know, this—you need to go look at this plane. There's something wrong with the landing gear on it. You need to look at it and you know, then I can release the responsibility of the fact is that I've given them the message It's up to them to go and do what they want to do with it. If they want to take my credibility, they can. If not, they want to think I'm just another wacko out there. That's fine. But, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't make the choice. I wasn't sure really what I was supposed to do with it. And You just made a very good example about it. Just, you know, what we can do is post it. And, and it's those who want to read it and, and maybe somebody that has involved with that plane, but it does something about it, and I think in the future that's what I will do is post it and see what comes of it. Well,
2: I don't know if I shared with you or not, but, uh, you know, on my website, I am able to go in and see, uh, you know, like what other websites or what other individuals are coming in, and that's basically for a marketing tool, as anybody would have on their website. But the Department of Defense has been visiting my prediction page quite a lot here lately. Hmm. So, uh... But you know, if you remember Jean Dixon herself, when uh, John F. Kennedy was president, contacted the president's office and said uh, and and spoke with him because they had met on numerous of, of occasions. Please do not go to Dallas, Texas. Don't go to Dallas, Texas. And he did anyway. And had he have listened to Gene Dixon, uh, then. Naturally, there would not have been an opportunity that same day to assassinate the president.
0: That would have changed the complete course of, of, of America.
2: Absolutely. You know, and I feel that, you know, it, there would have been, you know, some, some other time for John F. Kennedy because there were a lot of people out there, a lot of powerful people, that did not want to see him in office. But for that particular week and that particular day had he have just said you know what you're absolutely right let's just forget about it I'll reschedule then you know it would not have happened so but what do you say as a psychic you can't call up the president of the United States (laughs) although I have to tell you you know a long time ago I used to have an entertainment agency and I represented a well-known psychic and she asked me very specifically to contact Uh, Washington, D.C., and a high political figure. And I did not want to do it. I absolutely did not want to do it because I already knew, you know, there's a zillion people calling up and saying, listen, I'm psychic and this is about to happen. And and a lot of people, whether in their right minds or not, give them a call. And I went ahead anyway. I just wrote a letter. I said, I'm not going to call. I'm going to write a letter. Okay. And do you know I got a phone call from a detective
0: okay in dc
2: and when he announced his name i said you know what i've been waiting on your call he was shocked and it was a high political family there and what she predicted came uh, around within six to eight months and so but what do you do you can only put it out there and say this is what i'm getting you know and the rest is up to you it's your decision because we cannot manipulate someone else's free will.
0: Right. So, anyway. But, the, but then again, you know, I mean, even though, like you said, we can't manipulate somebody else's free will, can we change the course of the free will? You know, because hand, Gene Dixon was listened to, and the fact is, is that Ken, Kennedy was not assassinated, you know, I mean, the events that it took place afterwards, after his assassination, is, is mm-hmm. history in itself. Mm-hmm. And... If the fact is is that we see, foreseen this happening and stopped it and changed it, what would be what would be the world be today? The fact is is that Kennedy was allowed to stay in office, you know, and or or still continue to stay in office. And so, I mean, it really would I think would have changed the world completely. That's not for us to do. We're well,
2: right, you're absolutely right. It is not for us to do. But you know, just like I I tell. Uh, clients out there. You know, the reason for a session with me, or for any psychic out there, is that you get to see the influences coming around the corner, Mm -hmm. and you can plan for it or divert it. And, you know, again, we cannot manipulate anybody's free will, and we certainly do not have the power to make them change their minds. I mean, ultimately, we just don't. Can we call up and say, listen? Uh, I would like to talk to you about a particular area, because this is what I'm getting. Absolutely, we can. But ultimately, you know, a lot of people are going to do what they want to do, regardless. But at least I say, hey, you had the information beforehand. Right.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, I told you so, I told you so, you know, I mean.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I never say I told you so. I never say it, you know.
0: Well, that's, you know, whether you don't say it or think it, but, you know, I mean, it's out there you know in the virtual auditorium we are getting our listeners that are all saying happy birthday October happy birthday oh thank you, you so know. much
2: um, i see some wonderful people in the virtual auditorium and i'm so glad
0: that everyone is here
2: yeah my favorite and, you know,
0: and i want to say thank you to all those I mean, we have these our regular listeners that come in and they support us and and thank you for doing that i really appreciate i really do appreciate we all re- really appreciate that on it and, you know and lots of comments here on it and, you know, and it says here that, um, oh, you know, and we have our, our station manager, manager here, who's Joe Montaldo, and he's just a pain in the butt. And he's said he's <laughs> getting that Bush is an alien, and all the upper government is aliens. <laughs> and Hillary is a reptilian. <laughs> well,
2: I'm just going to have to talk to Joe about what I know. You know, I have to tell you, there, uh, there are several private groups online, that uh, go into the uh, Department of Defense, and years ago, I used to participate in one of those groups, so that those predictions could be given.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I just gave them and left it alone, and that way it got to whomever, you know, made the decisions. <laughs> You're right. Yes. Or whoever investigates that area, and I think that you know more psychics out there, you know, besides just working with clientele. I think that that is a way that they can volunteer some of their time towards, uh, you know, a higher endeavor. And it certainly does make a difference, you know, maybe no one knows what that prediction is going to the Department of Defense or whatever areas they decide to work in. But you know what? It affects the masses. I mean, it's not the psychic's ultimate decision one way or the other, but they get information that is extraordinarily valuable. And, you know, that value alone, that information alone, affects everyone. So, you know, I would have to encourage those psychics out there to uh, step out and step forward and go ahead and just say it.
0: Right. You're right. You're right. Well, you know, I mean, and, and here, here it is again with that trust, though, so, Angela, because, you know, we get this information and we're thinking to ourselves, okay, this is where we have that trust issue. Is it that I'm hearing credible information from spirit, or is it that I don't trust that yet? And so, you know, and that, and that really has, you know, that has a big thing to being a psychic, you know. When you stop trusting, does your information stop being correct? Is it, you know, or is it on the flip side of it? It's just that you don't, you know, trust it enough to put it out there. What do you feel?
2: Well, you know, I trust the information that I get, uh, because I always say that I'm just the messenger and so for what i've been familiar with my messengers i'll just call them uh you know i've worked with them long enough to know uh how they work and i i know the feelings the rock solid feelings that i get now if there's some new information and a new messenger that's coming through uh, you know i often test the spirit and if it's a credible spirit then of course I'm, I'm hey I'm, I'm all ears I want to work with you but there's not too many times that I've i felt on the fence about anything if I ever feel anything on the fence I never give the message okay that makes a lot of sense I never give the message uh,
0: you know and, and, and here's the thing too also too you know I mean sometimes that we do give these messages and the person cannot take it mm-hmm. then you get this email oh about a couple weeks later maybe a couple months later saying guess what what I thought you weren't accurate, What I thought nothing of this pertains to me, guess what? It does. Exactly.
2: I, I, and I know exactly what you mean to say because I do get that. And, you know, oftentimes I might say, hey, you know, and for those who know me, uh, they've heard me say, hey, call me crazy, but, you know, I know this sounds a little strange and out of the ordinary, but here's the message. And some people say, you know, Angela, I, you know, I've had sessions with you before, and everything's come about. But, you know, it's just this one message you're giving me that I'm not quite sure of. I'm even unaware of it. And I don't believe that all people know what's around the corner, because why would you need a psychic if you already knew what's coming around the corner? And so, uh, but we eventually do. We eventually do give confirmation. And I always say, I want the confirmation. Email me or call me and let me know, because okay. it, it makes a huge difference to me.
0: True. Now you know we had on Pal Talk, um is PalTalk.com. The other day there was a room opened up. Lisa, for Lisa Williams. Lisa mm-hmm. Williams is actually a psychic, high and rising up into her um, being famous. I would you know I would assume that call her that now. And you know back when um, a couple months ago Merv Griffin died. And I noticed that on some of the news reports of his staff, his, he kept referring to his private psychic. And I guess now it's just coming out where Lisa Williams was his private psychic. And who who was the uh, person that Lisa worked with? with? With Merv Griffin. Oh, yeah, Merv, Merv. Uh-huh. Merv Griffin. I mean, who doesn't know Merv Griffin? I mean, right, he's right. famous for his Will of Fortune and exactly. Jeopardy. And, I mean, all over the place. Everybody knows who Merv Griffin is. And so the fact of it is, is that here it is. This is he's, you know, very wealthy, rich, rich man, um, and he's got himself a private psychic. And I thought that just to be interesting, that here it is, that you know, it psychics don't have. They're, they're really not just for people who are poor, people who are rich, but be surprisingly enough that you get people, governors and mayors. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) You would be surprised.
0: I think the world would be surprised
2: to know just how many high political people work with uh, psychics. And of course, they're not going to put it out there because, you know, many people, you know, make fun of psychics, some people the non-believers. And so they don't want to have to deal with that. And I have clients that say, you know, here's the confirmation. They email it to me or they call me with it. And I say, oh, I would love to use that as a testimonial because I have about six pages of testimonials on my website. Okay. And some of them say yes, and the other ones say, oh, no, just don't. Just don't, you know, don't put my name out there. But I just wanted you to
0: know. Okay. Oh, and so, okay. So I just want one of those politicians. <laughs> right. And they're saying, okay, and i will never mentioning Nancy Reagan here. Look what they said about Nancy Reagan and Ron for listening. Yeah, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly, Eula. Um, they
2: certainly did give uh, uh, a lot of problems to the Reagans when they just dis- you know discovered that they were uh, using an astrologer. And so, uh, but yeah, there's many people out there that utilize them, both uh, you know middle class all the way up to the very very wealthy. And I find that some some people use psychics for their business planning or their business negotiations, mm-hmm. or even their legal cases.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I get asked that a lot about the legal issues mm-hmm. on it. And, you know, sadly enough, is that when I'm asked about it, they want to also know the fact is, is that somewhere along the line their children have been taken from them. And, I, you know, and there's that, there's that you know, I have to set aside my personal feelings towards this because I think to myself, why would your children be taken away? I'm supposed to give you an answer whether or not you're going to be in court, and you're going to have your children given back to you. Right. You know, um, you know and, and here's that you know, That ethical point where I want to say, you know, I mean, maybe the children are better left where they're at.
2: You know? Well, you um, know, when I do those sort of readings, I have to tell you, I just put it out there like it is, like I see mm-hmm. it. And, you know, it's difficult. I mean, I'm not going to point the finger in judgment because that's not my role. But I do put it out there to say, you know, uh, you know, I, I wish you well on that. However, I let them know what the outcome is going to be. Right. Now, here's the thing. As you know, not everything is written in stone. There are situations that can be diverted. And so, again, the value of someone being in session with the psychic out there that can give them those influences so that they, let's say for a legal case, or child custody, can do what they need to do on their end, and of course I have to tell you as a psychic, if I knew that a client was not a good parent, then I would not offer that information whatsoever. Mm -hmm. In other words, we don't want to use those messages for control and manipulation of others. Right. But, you know, if you have somebody that you know is in an unusual situation, that is a good parent, a good provider. Uh, then, of course, that information for them to, let's say, tweak certain areas, and I
0: think it's okay. Now, you made a good point there about that October. Well, Angela, I got I'm watching the screen in front of me, and I see October, Angela, because that is that is ethical. That's supposed to be our ethical, you know, discipline on that. Indeed, yeah. can we give that message that says, you know, um, well, and not knowing the complete background of somebody, given them that, that information that they could manipulate something that would not be the better good for them.
2: Exactly. The but you, for know, you know already, though, Tuesday. I mean, you know when you're working with a client of yours, you know, whether it's a new client or somebody that you've had for, let's say, the last six years, uh, you already know. Because their vibration is already there. You're already being given exactly. the messages about their character, about everything. So you already know really who you're
0: dealing with. <laughs> exactly. You're right. Absolutely on that. And, you know, and, and and I have to say often, too, I mean, when, when I have a very emotional spirit come through, um, and I do you know, pre-warn my, my clients that you know, um, I am one that will allow the emotions to come through, be forewarned that, you know, sometimes I get a little bit of teary-eyed, when they do, you know, and I have to stop it in the middle of it and say, well, hold on here, let me have them step back, because I don't want to cry through the whole reading. Right, (laughs) right. You know, I mean, it's not always beneficial for either one of us, because the fact is that the clients, too, feel that emotion, and they're, you know, and I have to say, even still today, even though as much as, you know, and uh, I hate to bring her name up, but, you know, I mean, and Sylvia Brown does bring emotions you know, with her show on Montel, and she's, of course, you know, people don't look for her as being as credible as she used to be, but that question still comes up, are my family members okay? And are it, they okay and on absolutely, the other side? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have
2: absolutely no fear of passing, uh, because I know what's on the other side. And, of course, I feel very blessed to be on this earth plane, You know with friends and family and to do whatever i'm here to do but you know when it comes time for that passing into a new life uh, i think it's brilliant so absolutely if anybody has had someone dear to them uh, that has passed know that that family member is doing wonderful it's that family member that's concerned about you
0: right right oh absolutely they don't miss us we miss them They're around you all the time. Exactly. They can still hear you. They can still feel you. They can still know about what you're doing. And they are okay. I mean, how could they not be? Um, You know, and to think that we visualize them still as being in that human body, in that flesh of body. And it's not the case. That's not the case. There is that, you know, that crossover. And and you return to energy, and you have to think about, gosh, how can I visualize no longer a body being a part of our lives, but that now you look like your energy. Mm-hmm. Well, they do bring memory back, and we're able to tune into that.
2: Well, you know, I uh, I enjoyed the uh, interview last week with Robert Brown, and he made a, a huge point about you know those whose lives uh, have passed here. It's just a rebirth into the new life, and I thought you know isn't that fantastic? Is to say you know we're we're passing the old life and entering the new life and so uh, I just absolutely loved having him on as a guest last week and uh, hope to have him on again
0: I, I agree on that too he was um, Robert Brown you know he's a breath of fresh air you know Ooh, I he is he's isn't he just, and you're going to go see him actually I am
2: I'm going to go see him in May I've already scheduled my calendar Oh
0: yes, blocked out the time. That's (laughs) wonderful. Yeah, he's going to be in in our area here um, uh, in a couple months too, and I haven't scheduled to go see him yet. I probably should. It's probably going to fill up fast on it. Well, his
2: tickets do sell out very fast. They do very fast. I I
0: better do that then. So we have only a couple minutes left. So who is coming up um, soon? Who is our guest coming up soon? Can you? Who's our guest coming up soon? Well, next Sunday
2: we have Reggie Bannister. Reggie Bannister, who is a director-producer of horror movies. And since it's in the month of October, yes. then naturally we want to hear from Reggie about what upcoming movie he has scheduled for the holidays. And then on the 28th of October, we have Trish Woods, which is a well-known psychic and medium. And uh, following that, we have James Hatcher, who is actually the director of the Shiloh Center in St. Augustine, Florida, and he handles paranormal research and investigations. And then following that, we have Pam Heath, actually Dr. Pam Heath. And she has a book that she's written called Suicide, What Really Happens in the Afterlife. And so she is an associate of Lloyd uh, Ehrerbach, and so she's got a lot of uh, research and information to share with us. Oh, she is affiliated with Lloyd. Yes. They work together.
0: We were were just talking about Lloyd earlier. I know,
2: I know. So I'm very eager to uh, have Pam on because she has a lot of valuable information. And uh, I chit-chatted with her last week. And very interesting uh, woman who has a lot of knowledge in the paranormal.
0: Yes. You know, I have to research her more because I think I, I, you know, I'm not sure on how much I know about her. In fact, there's people in the virtual auditorium that's making a comment about knowing who she is, and I have to say I'm not sure who she is. So I'll have to research her and learn a little bit more about her. We um, also, too, are hooking up with the Learning Light Foundation. They do have a facility here in California, in Anaheim, and in Los Angeles. It's a learning facility for those of like minds with who are psychic mediums. Um, they have just just a humongous um Category of different classes that you can take there, um, from anywhere from intuitive tarot to spirit art, from psychic development, feng shui. They have numerologists, astrologists. They have, um, you know, classes on healing. Mm-hmm. You can take mm-hmm. your reiki classes. I mean, just just to name a few. And so um, what we've done is we've hooked up with them, and um, coming up in the next month or so, we're going to dedicate a day or or you know a show for them. Each month to bring in somebody that they're having new. They're having Gandhi's grandson coming in. Oh wow! So we're looking incredible. forward to that. That we'll be booking a um, an interview with Gandhi's grandson. Um, and you know that's interesting to myself. The fact is is that Gandhi. I mean, who doesn't know what Gandhi means? I mean, if exactly. you hear that name and you really a lot know. of hum, uh,
2: humanitarian work, and uh, Gandhi, what an incredible man he was
0: absolutely on that and so i was just given our one minute notice and so um you know i want to thank you for let, for allowing me to interview the, you this week Uh oh, well thank you tuesday and you're welcome and 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 happy birthday to you and happy birthday to everybody who's having their birthdays in october um you know a lot of our, our, our my favorite friends birthdays and i know that so and linda you have a terrific birthday today and um we will see you all next week and thanks for tuning in and um we appreciate it and everybody have a very blessed week ahead. Thank you. We're we'll gonna leave it at that.